Hello listeners, this is Rand, hosting Randomosity, and today is Tuesday, October something. I can't look at the calendar right now, but I want to say, okay, let's think. I think it's October 6th? Correct me if I'm wrong, if you can. But anyway, um, I'm part of this Facebook group where we're watching, like, horror movies galore for the month of October, but... It'll probably be like a year-round thing of what we're doing, and we're doing it bi-weekly. Last time we did uh, The Ring, and you can view my review uh, on The Ring or listen to it on Spotify or what have you. And I just have like my review on The Ring, the 2002 American remake of the Japanese Ringu. So check it out if you haven't, and it has some interesting insights on there that I touched on, and finding some some themes or motifs in there that you probably didn't notice was in the ring. So yeah, check it out when you can. This other movie that we had to watch, or we got to watch, it wasn't like a, a chore or anything. Well, maybe it was, but like, if you want to follow me on Twitter, um... I think my Twitter is like Rand Einfeld number one, or maybe the other way around, like number one Rand Einfeld. I don't know. It has my name on there, like no spaces in between, and there's a one in there somewhere. It's been a while since I looked up like what my username for Twitter is, because I rarely get on Twitter. So what I ended up doing was I tagged a Bruce Campbell in there. Didn't get a response, which is totally fine. I wasn't like expecting one. I was just like letting him know that I was watching one of his movies. Oh, yeah, I didn't even tell you guys what the movie was. It was Evil Dead 2, and I have seen Evil Dead 1, and I've also seen Evil Dead Remake. And I actually liked the remake a lot more than the original, not going to lie. And it was like one of those uh, remakes that just like surpassed the original and just became better. And that's a rare... Uh, thing to happen with like movies usually like with remakes they are horrible for example live action Disney remakes horrible the only one that I really well there's two that I actually like and it was before they started doing like all these like um, decided to do a lot of remakes for this so my favorite one has got to be the 101 Dalmatians remake with Glenn Close. That's my favorite one. And then Pete's Dragon. That's a good one, too. And interesting fact about Pete's Dragon, the remake. Um, when Disney approached the director, who was also the director for A, a Ghost Story, uh, they just told him to um, not watch the movie and just base it on um, his memory of what he thinks Pete Dragon was all about. So he did. And it became like a really good movie. Like, uh, I quite enjoyed it. But anyway, um, let's get back to this one. That wasn't a remake, it was just a sequel. Um, Evil Dead 2. So what I did was I just uh, tweeted my reactions. So you can follow me on Twitter to see what my reactions were. Uh, I was like a live time at that time of like watching Evil Dead 2. And 
I wish I could read them right now, but I'm driving. But maybe when I get a break, I'll read those tweets. But I was basically like critiquing um, what I thought was interest, interesting about the the movie, and some things I that I pointed out. Like um, it was really kind of hard to follow. Like it felt like it was um, a rehash of the Evil Dead, but with different uh, side characters that came into the cabin, and they happened to be the pe- the new people who happened to come in the cabin uh, with Ash, Root Campbell's character. They happened to be um, relatives of uh, the person who translated the, the Necronomicon, and they were trying to find the book and everything, and when they got to the cabin in the woods, yeah, it was a cabin in the woods, uh, they found Ash there with his hand cut off. Oh, yeah, before that, he did cut his hand because it was bit by his deceased girlfriend who came back from the dead, and it got infected that way. And there's some cool elements in there, like what they did with practical effects and everything, and claymation. And it was pretty cool. Like what they did back uh, I can't remember when the, when this was released like 70s or 80s those movies like like blended well those years blended together when it came to like horror movies like horror movies were happening left and right from the 70s and 80s so yeah but so anyway they, he cut his hand off because his hand was like uh, sentient it had a mind of its own and was like trying to get the axe to kill Ash and Ash just got a knife and just stabbed it so it was basically Ash versus Thing from Adam's family and it was really funny and I'm wondering if it like well it didn't obviously it didn't inspire the Adam's family but um, I wonder if it uh, kind of got them the idea of how to uh, animate the hand, maybe, for the Adams Family movie back in, back in the 90s. And what are some other elements on there? Oh, yeah, there's, like, f- some funny ones that I'm wondering if it inspired the Lord of the Rings in this case because um, there's, like, buckets of blood that were spewing onto a- Ash's face and then all of a sudden it turned black and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I'm like, all this time, I'm like thinking of Gimli saying orc blood because when you watch Lord of the Rings, the orc blood is black, and so yeah, it was interesting seeing that and that like sudden change. And the thing, one of the elements I thought was pretty cool was um, um, in the Necronomicon, there was like a prophecy that somebody was gonna come and um, save. Uh, I guess the 13th century and you look at the drawing of the person who looks just like Ash and he has something in his hand and you can't recognize what it is but you find out later like oh yeah it was him all along he just got sucked into a different time period and I personally liked Army of Darkness more than the Evil Dead movies that Bruce Campbell was in like Sam Raimi theme uh, movies and I don't know. It was like the first, uh, one of the first movies I saw on cable TV, 
Well, not the first movie that I saw on cable TV. Well, it was probably the first scary movie that I saw alone on cable TV. And I was, like, wondering what this was. And I got kind of scared a little bit because I watched The Young and Tender Age. And, but I grew, I grew to like the practical effects that was involved in it and with the things that they did with the walking skeletons. It was like a, what happened with... The, well, they did claymation in that one with, like, Jason and the Ogrenauts, so that was pretty cool that they uh, did stuff like that in the movie. And you don't see a whole lot of that nowadays. You don't see a whole lot of people, like, interacting with, like, um, uh, like mixing mediums with claymation in real life. Now, most of it is, like, in CG, but it would be cool to see um, them to, like, hone in on, like, um, both mediums, like you could have the best of both worlds, and because sometimes CGI can look like really fake, and you're like, oh yeah, that's definitely CGI, and then it loses its realism and um, its purpose of wanting to make us feel like it is real, and yeah, that's what I miss about some practical effects movies that we have or had. We have some coming out, but not a whole lot ever since uh, CGI became, like, the staple for uh, movies nowadays. But don't get me wrong, CGI is good, but I think it's more... If I was a director, I would use CGI as needed, like, just to uh, spice it up. If there was, like, a scene that just didn't look right, I would uh, brush it up with CGI and make it look a little bit better, but that's it. I probably wouldn't use it too much unless I actually need to. Like, if there are some practical effects or even prosthetics that couldn't do the job right, then yeah, I would use CGI to make it a little better, like enhance it or something like that, but that's just me. So, I'm trying to think of some other things that happened in Evil Dead that caught my eye. I'll get to to it more later, like when I stop my car, I'll talk about the tweets I had, and maybe you'll like... um, jog some memories of what I thought about it in that particular scene. Oh, yeah, well, there's a girl at the beginning. I'm probably going to mention this with the tweets later. Uh, the girl at the beginning, uh, her hair was really stiff. Like, um, I'm not much... I don't know much about hair or anything, Like, but, but her hair was just, like, really stiff. Like, I was wondering the whole time when I saw her hair, I was like... What kind of hair product was she using? Like, what hairspray was she using to keep it that stiff? It was just bugging me up until she got the shovel to... Well, Ash used a shovel to cut her head off. And I'm, like, thinking, like, how does that work logically? And would the shovel be that, um, like, with that much force, I guess, when using a shovel, could it actually decapitate somebody? good question. Plus, what if it was, like, doled down? Like, would it cut properly? Like, clean off? And, plus, like, shovels are normal. This The shovel that he used was more curved. Like, it wasn't, like, a straight, a complete straight edge. And so it wouldn't be a clean cut, like we saw in the movie. Logically, it would probably be, like, I think would have happened actually would, maybe she would get, like, a gouge in her her neck and spew some blood and be maybe more she would more resemble a nearly headless Nick from Harry Potter I think 
of what would happen if uh, Ash used a shovel on her. That's what I think would have happened. But that was the 80s. I didn't know any better, so we can give them that. But that's something that I'm kind of, like, really picky when it comes to stuff like that. Like, that would never happen. <laughs> and that's why I felt like when her head was decapitated. And what's another thing that was interesting? Um... Overall, I thought that it was, well, I wouldn't watch it again, and I don't, it's, I feel like it's a movie on its own, like it, it, it is Evil Dead 2, but it doesn't feel like a sequel, it feels like it's like a, a remake of the first one, and they're just like adding some more elements to it to, to think that it could be better, that's why I feel like it was, and... If I were to relate it to nowadays, like with 2020 and the pandemic, I guess I would relate it to, um, like, when he gets bit, it's kind of like with the pandemic, like, um, it becomes infectious and becomes like, well, it's a disease and stuff and it spreads and it starts to spread and take over his hand and he has no control. Oh, here's another thing that I thought was interesting. I'm wondering if the movie inspired the movie uh, Idle Hands because he had no control of his hand when his ex uh, bit his hand and he basically had to cut it off. And, and funny story, that kind of happened to me, not with my hand per se, it just happened to my thumb. When I was young, well, when I was younger, <laughs> I was born with a trigger thumb, and if you don't know what that is, it just means that the tendons on your thumb um, are tight to the point of like um, making a permanent uh, like trigger looking thing. Like you know when uh, you make a gun sign w with your hand and you have your thumb be like the cock of uh, where it is, it's like like, you have your thumb bent and your finger pointed so it looks like a gun. My thumb was per permanently bent that way. That's why I was called a trigger thumb, because it was kind of looking like a trigger for, uh, for a gun. So, yeah. And I was born that way. And then one time when I was just washing my hands, I was like five, I was five years old, and I accidentally bumped my thumb. This was my left thumb that had this problem on the sink faucet. And I kid you not, I had no control. Like my thumb was going up and down and the tendons were tightening and loosening and it was just like uh, bugging the crap out of me. And me being five, I didn't know what was going on. I was like crying. I was like, mom, what's going on here? And they took me to the emergency room and I got some stitches for my thumb. And so now I have a permanent scar on my thumb, which is pretty cool and I can always talk about it. And the funny thing about that situation was uh, I remember distinctly that they put me under and they put a mask on me to put me under and then this type of mask that they put on me, uh, I remember it smelled like Fruit Loops. I don't know why it did, but um, when it smelled like Fruit Loops, I enjoyed the smell, but then I like fell asleep uh, shortly after. And then when I came to, um, I I noticed that I had a cast on, well, kind of a cast, more on my thumb and everything, 
and I had like a bandage wrapped around my whole hand and it wasn't a cast the only cast I had was on my thumb and then I noticed that my my I guess uh, hospital gown was loose around the pant area and I was more worried about my pants than I was about my thumb. I was like crying. I was like, oh my gosh, my pants are loose. <laughs> and so, so yeah, I was more worried about that than my thumb. And it was like a really interesting story. So yeah, I know how that was like with Ash, like him having uh, an appendage that just wasn't, the appendage just had uh, more control than he did. So. Yeah, I just passed a car that got hit or something. I don't know. It wasn't me. It was something else. <laughs> but, yeah. So, and I'm going to take a little break, and when I do, I'll talk more about it with the tweets that I found on Twitter. Well, I tweeted on Twitter regarding this uh, movie. So, stay tuned. Okay, I'm back. I am just looking at my Twitter feed so I can give you an update of like what I um, wrote down as far as like the movie Evil Dead as a recap. So it's an interesting movie. I wouldn't recommend it. I'd much rather recommend its remake or Army of Darkness out of those movies that are similar in the, I guess, genre. So yeah. Anyway, let's see. The thing that kind of bothered me was like the mud on Ash's face and also the blood on Ash's face. But whoever was in charge of continuity was horrible. Like it would be like there's more blood on blood on his face, there's less blood on his face. They look more distinct and different shades of like mud and stuff. I wonder if it would have been mud. Maybe it could have been crud. <laughs> It was, like, really weird, so the continuity was terrible on that one. Granted, it was the 80s. I didn't know any better, but still, eh. So, let's see here. What else? I was surprised on how he survived. The, there was, like, a scene where he was, like, uh, driving his car, and then he uh, crashed, and then he bolted out of the window, out of the front window of his car, and he was able to survive. I was like, Wow. He's a superhuman. How did he survive? So, just thinking logically how he would have survived that. Uh, let's see here. What else did I have here? Um, yeah, the continuity was horrible. Um, show thread. Let's see. I did like the mirror sequence that they had on there, like when he's looking in the mirror and all of a sudden his his reflection jumps out at him and strangles him. I thought that was cool. I That was like perfect movie magic with that. Excuse me. I had breakfast, so I might be burping. Excuse me. Um... Yeah, there's like, um... <laughs> Oh, there was like a funny scene where he was, um, after he got his hand cut off, he was uh, putting it away and getting like piles of books to put on top of it, of like where he was putting it away for like weight. And one of the books was A Farewell to Arms, and I thought it was a nice touch. No pun intended, but yeah, it was fun. it was a nice touch. <laughs> 
and yeah, I talked about orc blood, and I talked about um, Ash versus Thing from the Adams family. I thought it was funny. And the part with the the inanimate objects that were like dancing with him and laughing with him, even the deer and stuff, I thought it was pretty insane. And even the lamp like moved around, and it just reminded me of the Pixar lamp for the logo Pixar. I was like, huh, I wonder if that inspired Pixar to make their lamp sentient and wanting to kill the letter I. I wonder if that has any symbolism. Like, there's no I in team. There's no I in Pixar. We work together. And then, um, <laughs> and there is a part where the, I guess the Deadite, I guess you want to call them, were attacking, and Ash just uh, stomps on its head, and in so doing, it makes the, the Deadite lose an eye, and it goes into the girl's mouth, and it's like, hmm, eye candy! <laughs> So, yeah, that was pretty interesting. And and that one of the girls was, like, screaming in the woods and just screaming frantically until she got to the clear. And when she got to the clear, she stopped screaming. And I was like, okay, you stopped screaming. Why? <laughs> and, and we never knew what happened to her, like, a tr- the... The giving tree, decide, the giving rape tree, I guess, in this case, uh, decided to take her, and we don't know what happened to her. Because I know, like, in the uh, first one, it was basically a rape tree, and I don't want to go into detail with that one. And so, yeah, there's a, the bad giving tree, and we'll just give it that. It wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. It wasn't being nice. And, yeah, I talked about the foreshadow of, like, the drawing of Ash being in the Necronomicon foretelling his future, which was going to be in the past, which is pretty cool. And <laughs> and I thought of something really funny when they were when these like hillbillies, they were like half hillbilly. Well, they were hillbillies, which was really weird. And they were like relatives to the guy who's translating the Necronomicon who passed away suddenly. And um. They were giving Ash a hard time, and I was just like, don't hurt Ash, he's armless. <laughs> just like a funny pun that way. And, let's see. <laughs> oh man, and one of the girls on there, she was like um, slamming the door on this hillbilly after he got stabbed by this um, really weird knife. It The knife had like, what did it have? It was, like, in the form of a spine of a skeleton, so he got stabbed in the back by that. No, 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 he got stabbed in the stomach by that, and I was like, oh, that's the worst way to go, being stabbed by a skeleton. And, yeah, it was just, like, really crazy. And she's, like, trying to save him, but at the same time, she's, like, slam- trying to slam the door. I guess her depth perception were- was off, because every time she was, like, slamming the door, um, it would hit the hillbilly with the weird teeth. And he'd be like, oh my gosh. And every time he got hit by the door, it reminded me of like an episode from Spongebob when um, Squidward became very handsome. And then Spongebob is like slamming the door on his face like, no, he's still handsome. Oh, you're even more handsome. And he still slams the door on his face trying to make him more ugly, but it's just like making it worse or actually making it better. So, And in this case, in the scene with the evil dead, it was just like, she's making it. Um, worse. <laughs> She's killing him. And she even does it worse by, like, removing the object from his body. You don't do that. You cover it up and you take him to the doctor. You're just making it worse by pulling it out. It's like, 
it's like the game from uh, my childhood when my older siblings would like um give me like it wasn't an Indian burn but it was like an Indian arrow and they would just go they would basically get their two fingers and like pinch my arm and just say leave it in or take it out. <laughs> And I even did it with my brothers one time, and it's like really funny. You're like, I leave it in there, take it out, and <laughs> and we obviously don't want to take it out because it's gonna hurt. It's gonna be like a huge pinch on your arm. So he's like, No, leave it in. <laughs> and my brother's like, I can't. You'll die. And he just pulls it out. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, we had some funny moments with that. Um. Oh, yeah, and I had, like, a comment on, like, the trees coming alive. It's like, oh, it's an Ent. And Ent is ready to kill Ash. He's going to get his Ash kicked. <laughs> so, yeah. So I thought it was really funny. And a bus just drove by. So I apologize for the sounds there. I'm in the car. I'm giving you updates on my review of the movie so far. And there was, like, an interesting scene with, like, the Deadites uh, taking form, like, getting an elongated neck. And I'm wondering if that inspired Beetlejuice to be, like, a snake and stuff. Because eventually the Deadite got his head cut off. And it kind of resembles uh, the sculpture of the uh, Beetlejuice head as a snake in one of the scenes of Beetlejuice. So it just made me think, like, I wonder if the Evil Dead inspired uh, Tim Burton to do this. If so, that's pretty cool. So I just thought of that. And then there was like the time portal that just came out of nowhere after the girl was reading the spells from the Necronomicon to get Ash sucked into that time portal. And it reminded me of the ring. So again, it was like full circle. No pun intended, but yeah, it just reminded me of the ring. So yeah. And... And then my review on that, I just basically said through a tweet, Army of Darkness was much better than this. And I agree. I think Army of Darkness was much better. I thought that, I think that Sam Raimi got, um, he improved on his work as he progressed as a director. So I think that's what he did. He did, um, to me, he did, he adapted to like his budget and stuff. Like when he, made like a movie that was like a cult hit and follow and gained followers. He perfected his, 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 uh, skills and just got better in like army of darkness. I thought, and he even had more to work with. Like he had, um, um, props that could work like knight and shining armor props and, um, he had a uh, larger set that it wasn't just the cabin in the woods. It was like a castle that he could work with. He had animators for claymation skeletons. And I thought it was like well done. And a lot of makeup that actually looked pretty good and decent. And so, and I thought that was pretty cool. It was kind of like um, what should happen when you're a director is like you try to get better at it. And I think that's something that... Um, happened wrong with like George Lucas and Peter Jackson with their film franchise like um uh George Lucas for example when he made the first 3 Star Wars movies in the 70s and 80s um I thought he progressed like Return of the Jedi was my favorite out of that um old trilogy but then when he tried to revisit the story with doing prequels and used strictly CGI for most of the movies, 
uh, it just lost its feeling, it lost its magic, and I didn't like it so much. Like, it had a good story, but it was all like, oh man, I miss the practical effects. So, and the same thing for like Peter Jackson when he did the Lord of the Rings trilogy. All of it was, most of it was like practical effects. He rarely used CGI and everything, and it just looked real, and it looked um, like a solid film, and I, I think. And they had uh, real actors behind those masks and makeups and everything. And they, it just felt more real, as opposed to, like, uh, The Hobbit, where all the characters were CG... All the characters that, like, orcs or goblins and trolls or whatever, they're all CGI and motion capture, which can work and stuff, but it's just, like, it's more believable if you have somebody in a suit or... Yeah. But that's just my two cents on that one of like uh, with my review on Evil Dead and reading the tweets and whatnot. So, and I may have hurt some heart or broken some hearts regarding this, but that was just my bid with uh, Evil Dead. And we're gonna take a little break and then we'll talk about something else that's coming up this week. Okay, I'm back. I think for this last bit of the segment of my episode here. I think this was episode 7 for season 2. I'm trying to do more and more as I go, so we'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, I think what I would have done different with Evil Dead to make it more fun and enjoyable, uh, I would, uh, since it, it has to deal with the Necronomicon and, like, uh, and that's, I think, I think the first mentioning of that book is, is from Lovecraft, like H.P. Lovecraft in his book about the Necronomicon of like raising the dead. And I think there should be some more references to that because like maybe they find out that Cthulhu or his minions are there and they're in control of, of, um, people there i don't know it's just some like a fish like reference that would just be just fine i think it would work and um because i I have read the book uh reanimator and it wouldn't really sit well it wouldn't really like sit well um with today i'm not so sure i'll check Uh, because it's very racist (laughs) because um it's like if um, Frankenstein, like uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was racist. Like they just used uh, corpses from um, indigenous people or uh, African people. And, and yeah, it w- wouldn't sit well right now. Like I know that the HBO has a show, uh, uh, Lovecraft Country, and I haven't read the book, but I want to, and it deals heavily on racism and I'm not all for that obviously but just like um points out that Lovecraftian horror was racist and stuff like Love Lovecraft was racist yes he was he was very racist in some of his uh books especially like the reanimator because they they were using they were just comparing um people of uh different colors to to animals and using them as experiments to reanimate them as like a zombie corpses and stuff and like that their life is not of self-worth or anything like that and it's just like horrible so 
And in Evil Dead 2, it did have some, like, reanimator vibe to it. Like, obviously, with, like, the dead people coming alive and everything. But um, I think it would be cool if they added some, like, Cthulhu mythos in there. Or some monsters that we haven't even heard of that are in the, um, the canon of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's work. And that would be cool. That would be something awesome to see that I would add onto there if I was in the director's chair and just make it, like, a really cool and add some more practical effects with, like, um, fish people or merman or merfolk, whatever you want to call them, mermaids, <laughs> or butlers if you want to call them that, too. I don't know. But, yeah, so that was that's what I would do for um, The Evil Dead 2 to make it a two as well to make it better and um more enjoyable for me in this case because um and i'm gonna be talking about this for like a lot of movies like after i review them i'll be like okay that was cool they did like would i change anything about it and there will be some movies that i won't change at all because i think it's perfect it's flawless and doesn't need to be changed at all but if there's like some elements in there that I think would change and if it was needed to make a remake. Oh, speaking of remakes, um, there's talks in the works. Like I think uh, e- Evil Dead remake came out in 2013 and there have been talks that they were going to do a sequel or even like a, a movie that bridged uh, Sam Raimi's movies to make it canonized that it just happened in another dimension. That would be cool, but I'm not so sure if um, uh, if it's going to happen. Like, it's been in production heck for, like, years, and I don't know if it's going to work out or anything. They've even talked about making, like, the Army of Darkness remake. That could be doable, though I do enjoy um, the Army of Darkness movie already so i don't think it needs to be touched there are some movies that just should not be touched when it comes to remakes at all and just leave it as is uh, just let it be take advice from the beatles just let it be let it be <laughs> you don't have to do a remake i don't know if that's going to become become a song but yeah that's what i would do for um evil dead sequel like do some touch-ups on there and uh just keep the practical effects and just work really hard on that but yeah so i'm gonna sign off so i can get ready to go to work in a little bit but i will do some more reviews and uh give you updates on my inktober which reminds me i am three days behind so i need to do some i need to do three drawings today to stay caught up so i've done three drawings already i did one for fish i did one for uh bulk uh, or bulky in this case and i did one for wisp what I did for fish was I did like my own version of a humanoid fish that's going to be a character in one in a script I'm working on called Meat Lovers. It's gonna be like Soylent Green in space, and or like the ending of Soylent Green starting at the beginning of the movie, or it in space with like aliens looking like the food that we eat, like fish, chicken, cow, pigs, what have you, and. Um, so yeah, so I drew that character, and I'm thinking, I just drew him with, like, he had, like, a fish upper body, and his fins kind of looked like um, penguin fin, uh, wings, in a way, but more, but they they had the shape of penguin uh, fin, fins, no, 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 penguin wings, my bad, but they look like uh, 
fish fins. So, and for the lower part of his body, it's just like robot legs since fish don't have legs. I was trying to be true to its form that it looks more like a fish than a human, even though it's got some human characteristics. So I did that. And then I think I'll do like another drawing of it later of like just maybe having the fish be in a fish bowl and the fish bowl is inside a robotic suit, just like Minion from Megamind. I might do something like that because that one actually looks pretty cool to have like fishes be in fish bowls that way. And, um, what else was I going to do? Oh, yeah, Mist. I just drew, like, a Mist character. Or, not Mist, sorry, Wisp. I just drew, like, a, a Wisp character that kind of looks like, um, um, uh, Johnny Blaze, is it? No, could be. I can't remember the characters, but it's a Marvel character. Fantastic Four character. Uh, that's the Human Torch. Yeah, the Human Torch. It kind of made it look like Human Torch, like a cross between a Human Torch and and Casper the Friendly Ghost with the wisp of what I did with the character that I did. And for uh, Bulky, all I did was have a character that has boxes all over it, kind of like a suit of armor of boxes. And each box has like a sticker on there that... Um, it's kind of like meaningful to um, the arm or leg of uh, the character on there. Like biohazard on the fist. It could be like symbolism that um, he has like a great punch that just is going to kill somebody. Just stuff like that. or And even in like the crotch area I have on the sticker that says fragile. So I thought that was a nice touch on that one. And then uh, for the head, I just have a box on the on the head and the box is upside down and it even has the sticker on the box that says this side up and it's upside down so it's got some funny elements on there with the stickers so yeah that's what i've done so far with inktober and i will post those pictures soon hopefully today so you can follow me on instagram on randomosity and see and you can see the pictures i draw and if you guys want me to be a person to draw for your uh sketch or not sketchbook for like a graphic novel or children's book or any type of design i'm glad to do it for a price just hit me up and we'll go from there and i gotta get ready for work i've talked too much already but i will talk to you guys later so doodles